This week's podcast brought to you in part by Audible.com. Get your free audiobook download by visiting www.audibletrial.com slash WDS to choose from over 85,000 titles for your iPod or MP3 player. Please. Hi, this is Alicia Wynn. Hi, this is Molly Bryant. Hi, this is Christina from Survivor Redemption Island. Hey, this is Lindsay Lowen. Hi, this is Poppy from The Apprentice. Hi, this is John Bon Jovi. And I'm Richie Sambor. Hi, I'm Holly Sorensen, creator of Make It or Break It. Hi, this is Joy Nordenstrom. Hi, this is Christina Chaw from Survivor One World. Hi, my name is Josie Loren. I play Kaylee Cruz. Hi, this is Brandy, the winner from this season's Apprentice. Hey, what's up? This is Kelly Clarkson. Hi, this is Julie Mann. Hello, ich bin Nina Rausch und Sie hören sich gerade an. This is Alec Baldwin. Hey, this is Jennifer Love Hewitt. Hey, this is Jenny Blatt from Love in the Wild. Hey, this is Chelsea Hobbs, and you're listening to two of my favorite blogger podcast guys um, on What Do They Said. Did you hear? 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 What do they say? You get to hear what Duvet has to say. Hello again, everybody. You are listening to the official podcast of the What Duvet Said Cultural Entertainment Digest found at whatduvaysaid.com. I am your host, Jason Duplissy, coming at you from Duvet Studios Southwest in the Hollywood Hills of Los Angeles, California. And joining me, as always, is the man who is no Jack Kennedy, your host, Robert Bob Duvet. I am like literally podcasting. From the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Wow. That's it? That's it, man. I'm like literally here. Wow. Okay. That's like literally exciting. Literally. You know, uh, the reason I say that is, there's a method to my madness always. Okay. Well, while you t- while you say that, a- do you mind if I put a kettle on? I'm going to make this show a little more homespun and make myself some tea while you talk. Oh my God, how very Garrison Keeler of you. Yeah, thanks. Go ahead. This American story brought to you by T. All right. Anyway, yeah. Um, so I would say that I hear those two words partnered up on average maybe a million times in the course of a day. Like that literally? Thursday? Do you hear that like a lot? Like literally a million times a day. <laughs> Where do you hear these things? Who says these things to you? Uh, mostly, I hear it in passing conversations, people on their cell phones. Oh, okay. And they're saying something like, and I'm all like, literally, whatever. I hear people... If you wrote that sentence out, Jace, what would that sentence mean? Uh, that means um, in a similar method to other things that have happened in the past... In a very specific way, I am disinterested one way or the other in what I just heard. Break it down! <laughs> that's what I think it means. But I would never I write that. That's exactly what it means. I think that's exactly what it means. I'm, I'm impressed with your ability to dissect that. Thank you. What about you're you, good. listeners? God, you're good. <laughs> what about you, listener? Are you impressed you're... with me? <laughs> Let I us am, know. You're yeah. good. Thanks. 
Let us know what you think of me and Bob and anything else that you'd like to chat about on the show by sending us an email at whatdovesaid at gmail.com because your emails mean so much. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook by doing a little search for What Do They Said on the Facebook page. Eh, Facebook page. Uh, don't bother. Eh, I don't understand. Okay, well, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, you can also find us on Mevio. Eh, <laughs> on your <laughs> Stitcher radio app download us on iTunes leave us a review the rogue two folks out there in the UK find me and you can give us a phone call at 415 eh, 415-937-0445 415-937-0445 I'll get one of our interns to stand by eh. <laughs> Don't bother intern three. Okay. All right. Well, that's exciting. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It's all very exciting. Hey, do we have any guests today, Rob? Boy, do we. But before we get to those guests, Chase, yeah. I would like to make an announcement. Announcements, announcements, announcements. A horrible death to die. A horrible death to die. A horrible death to be talked to death. A horrible death to die. Announcements, announcements, announcements. Wow. Are, is, the, is the Duvet Orchestra on strike? Yeah, we have a rough day. But I think we have a laugh track today. Do you want to hear the laugh track? Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, for, first you have to say something funny. Huh. No pressure, right? <laughs> there, see? Oh, there you go. How about that? <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, my announcement is that, uh, w, you know, the holidays are coming up. I don't yeah. know if you know this. I do right know around that. the corner. Sure, it's the last quarter. We are very excited. We are holding auditions out here in New York City and in Los Angeles. So, uh, you know, get ready for the influx, Jace. Come okay. your way, too. Yeah. WDS is putting out a call. We are forming our own holiday dance troupe called the WDS Podcasting Duvets. And we are looking for leggy dances. To help us kick off the holidays. Yes, very exciting. All of you who have dancing legs, dancing tops, dancing swiveling hips, we want to see you shake it as best as you can for us this holiday season to celebrate what Duvet said's holiday spectacular. Yes, nothing nothing is better on radio than a bunch of lazy duvets kicking their way through the holiday season. Rob, how can people enter this contest? Well, what they should do is they should send us an email to what do they said at gmail.com with in the subject line saying I want to be a duvet and they should address that also to intern four I'm told will be handling it out here okay um, and in addition we would appreciate videos and they you know give us a little something to ponder if you know what I mean yeah and remember it is a holiday show so it can be whatever holiday you want in the upcoming season here so for example if Halloween is your holiday you can do a Halloween dance or if Thanksgiving's your holiday or Columbus Day yeah. or um, you know if you want to kick your way through Kwanzaa yeah exactly but uh, there it's limited to how many dancers do we want we want as many as possible <laughs> no <laughs> limit we're <laughs> there's no limit to the amount of duvets we'll accept yeah, so there's a very, very, very good chance, I mean, like, literally whatever, for you to get yeah. to be a duvet in this contest. Oh, good Lord. So there you go. That's it for announcements, announcements, whatever you said. Announcements. Horrible death to die, 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 horrible
Did you never do that? Did you never go to Girl Scout camp? <laughs> uh, I never, yeah, never made it to Girl Scout camp. Oh, well, yeah, they sang that in Girl Scout camp. Why would you? Oh, because you have a daughter. I have a daughter. I also have two older sisters. So. I was... Oh yes, I had a. My sister was a brownie. Yeah, that's a pre-Girl Scout. Okay. But not a duvet. Not that a duvet. That is not a pre-anything. Yeah, I think this. <laughs> this contest is uh yeah is void for family members. <laughs> Just a heads up. Yeah, read the fine print. You know what I love how we we vowed not to talk over each other. Um, yeah, and we're doing exactly that. <laughs> yeah, we had for those of you who are loyal duvet listeners, duvet listeners. Mm. Uh, now that Rob's lived out in New York, we have a little bit of an audio problem, and we're not quite sure what that is. But every now and then, Rob says some gem. And uh, I know we don't hear it. I, isn't that funny how it was stepping all over some of my best lines from last show? Maybe I'll try to figure out what they were, and we'll just do like a little gag reel. Yeah, okay, that'll be perfect. We'll throw that in with the lost <laughs> show. I know listener Trish in particular is really interested in hearing the lost show. Me too, listener Trish. God, <laughs> you don't know the half. If I could just have that lost show back for one day, it'd be, oh, the happiest day of my life. Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, me. Ah, uh, my. Move on. Let's just move on to our guests. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of the happiest day of one's life, tell me about the guests. Well, yeah. Did you watch the debate last night? I did, and actually, I have a guest here in Duvet Studio Southwest with the debate. Ooh, that's exciting. Hold it. Hold it. You know what? We should host our own. WDS should host our own Duvate. Oh, that sounds great. Right? Maybe we'll... we'll... Enter! Reach <laughs> out to Mitt Romney or the other one. Um, <laughs> Mitt Romney and the other one is how they're really uh, calling the d debate from last night. I don't know if you noticed that. That sounds like a laugh track line. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, we have Big Bird spokesman Snuffleupagus here to address former Governor Mitt Romney's statement that he would fire Big Bird if he's elected president. Did you hear that? What oh, a soundbite that was. Oh, gee, Bird. You know, I, li I watched the first part of the debate, and then I listened to uh, the middle part of the debate on my headphones as I was walking my dog, and then I watched the last half of the debate, and you know, by by Granthar's hammer, I got to say I don't remember anything that was said, and I don't think I heard the Big Bird sign sound. Oh yeah, sound he, he basically it was really it was more of a quip where he was talking about uh, cuts that he would make to government, and he said sorry uh, to Jim Lehrer who was hosting things like I love you, Jim, but I would cut funding for PBS, and I love Big Bird too, but I would cut funding for PBS because I'm not going to pay for something with a check from China. I like that. I'm going to use that. Can we put phrase that in? Oh, I'm not going to pay for this with a check from China. Ah, there you go. Well, the music's playing, so consider it officially phrased in. Ah, uh, I can rest easy. So, yeah, we have we have Snuffleupagus here, who's very hard to find, I'm noticing. And apparently only a few people can see him. It may not be one of them. I don't see any, anybody standing by the green wall. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, yet, a, I'm old school. I don't yet believe And the hors are just being inhaled. <laughs> I'm old school. I don't believe Snuffleupagus exists. Wow. That's sad. Yeah. If you believe. Did you not buy Field of Dreams either? No. No. 
Moonlight Graham. <laughs> You're a real doubting Thomas. I am a doubting Thomas. I believe when I see it, and I've never seen Field of Dreams. Yes, I have. Come on. <laughs> Well, who do you got for your guest? Well, down here, funny that you mentioned Jim Lehrer and the debate last night by Granthar's mm -hmm. Hammer, uh, because down here in Duvet Studios Southwest, we have Jim Lehrer's Interruption. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of that going on, huh? He was, he had no reign over that debate last night. In fact, Obama was kind of hoping he would have rain over the debate. He, and a few times he threw him a bone saying, like, Jim, did you want to maybe rain this in, move along? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't, I, the whole thing bothered me. The, the one thing that I did like that Jim Lehrer did, and we've, this is the specific one that we have down here in Duvet Studios Southwest, was when uh, uh, Mitt Romney said something to the effect of, can I, can I just address, can I just move on to this thing? And Jim Lehrer said, no, no, let's not do that. <laughs> That was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not. Robbie was good though. He was good. I gotta. I gotta admit, he came out with a lot of energy. And President Obama did seem a bit sedate. And who wasn't sedate was friend of the show and former guest Chris Matthews. After, did you happen to catch MSNBC's kind of like dissection of the debate afterward? No, because I went out to play poker. It was poker night, so I heard uh, all things considered, and then I went and played poker. So, what did uh, okay. friend of the show, what are, that man you just said, do? <laughs> that man, Chris Matthews, <laughs> he just was so disappointed with the president's kind of lackluster performance and failure to kind of challenge Romney on things that he had said that weren't true or to even bring up the 47% comment, you know, I, I guess the idea was that the president was going to be above the fray and act presidential, but it went something like this. Uh, they cut to Matthews right after the debate and he was like, God damn it, what the hell is he doing out there? Where was this guy? He really lost his mind. It was like a tirade, a five minute uh, shouting tirade about, you know, the president being MIA in this crucial debate. Well, I have an opinion on that as I have opinion on anything that is gets said in this podcast, because that's what this show is all about. Yes. First, I want to say that I, there was a guy once that I was sitting in a conversation with who, um, who was just, who said, uh, there was a horrible tirade that happened. And, uh, like, through the whole, he said it a couple times and the, you know, there were several of us involved in the conversation. And I think I'm the uh -huh. only one who recognized that he was saying tirade incorrectly and that everyone else was thinking he was saying a word that they didn't know the meaning of and were clamming up. But I don't know. I could be wrong. Tirade. Sounds like uh -huh, Tirade, you are. Yeah, exactly. Or, uh, you know, the policemen in Pirates of Penzance. <laughs> um, there you go. That's a deep cut reference for you. Uh, I'll say. I'm going to say that the. Let me ask you this: If you, if it was your wedding anniversary, and you're like, "Honey, I got to do this thing. I got to go. I got to. All right, whatever. Go ahead. It's only our wedding anniversary. That's what I saw. I saw Obama just being henpecked and pissed. Like, God damn it! And I got to go home to Michelle after this and hear all. The, well. You did the debate. Well done. <laughs> you think the president was henpecked prior to going on the debate last night by his wife because he, he wasn't taking her out to a, a nice restaurant in D.C. or wherever. They were in Denver, actually. Yeah. He made her go to Denver on, his, on her anniversary. 
Yeah, exactly. What are things to do in Denver when you're alive? <laughs> oh no. I love it. I love it. Good point. Again, this kind of analysis can only be had on WDS. Yeah, did that guy you saw on MSNBC last night say anything about that? Never once mentioned that maybe the president was a little bit uh, tired of uh, all the yapping that was going on about their uh, anniversary before. There you go. Nothing nothing gets a laugh like uh, talking about wives. <laughs> Michelle Obama with your green card. <laughs> Great arm by Great Arms Hammer. All right. Um, I don't know why I keep saying that. I do know why I keep saying that, but I'm going to keep it yeah, to myself. Yeah, I, I was just about to uh, ask what is the origin of this. Uh, you know, I'm going to leave that a secret until later in the show. Or better yet, well, if you uh, you do vet dancers want to join in and say, hey, I know what by Great Arms Hammer is, um, let us know in your submission. Maybe end your little I can't dance. wait. For the submissions, by the way. Oh, I know. I love it. I love our holiday contests. They, they we always get such great entries, and uh, it's always fun to see women. <laughs> hey, can you think we might be able to coax? Uh, who's our one of our favorite listeners? We named a whole show after her. Oh, uh, yeah, that girl. Um, that girl. You know the one I'm talking about. I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> She's primed to be a duvet. Yeah, it's Madeline Albright or something like that? No, Madeline something or other. We'll get back to that. Right, okay. Well, in the meantime, is there any news? Yes, there is. I've been studious and reading news to be better informed. Okay, I'm gonna, my tea is steeped, so um, why don't you read some news and I'll scoop out my my tea bag. Is it tea time? Is it tea time in LA? Yeah, I'm gonna have myself a little tea party. Uh, well, I, this is just not even a, a good news story, but I just love the guy's name. And, and from time to time, we like to kind of refresh the palate by okay. by discussing a rapper that we didn't know existed and being shocked that uh, you know they were involved in something or other. I forget who it was last time. This is right. kind of the, the lost episode in, in that we've lost all memory of previous shows that we keep referencing. Yeah, Madeline Albright. <laughs> Madeline. It's Madeline something, isn't it? I think. Uh, we'll have to look at titles of old shows. Right. Well, let's did you know that? Now. Did you know that Lil Scrappy is free? Oh, wow. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> is he related He's released to... released from jail! Lil Scrappy! Wow. Is he related to Lil Fangpuss? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. All I know is that TMZ has learned. All I know is what TMZ knows. And they have learned that the rapper has finally been released from Atlanta jail after being arrested on Monday for violating his probation. See, hmm. I didn't even know Lil Scrappy was on probation. What was he on probation for, Lil Scrappy? Well, so Scrappy's attorney, Mel Davis, tells us the judge has put Scrappy back on probation. The kind where he's required to frequently check in with his probation officer. He has previously been on non-reporting probation. What the hell's a non-reporting probation? Uh, he was yeah. A, he was a oh, he's arrested for a weed possession case stemming from 2008. Oh, that's not impressive at all. No, they all are on weed. All these rap. <laughs> what are you on weed? <laughs> so, Lil Scrappy, I love it. That's a great name, isn't it? 
I bet you he was scrappy in jail too. It's so not tough though. Doesn't that just sound like like dad is holding on to you and going, Hey, come here, little scrappy. Hey, little scrappy. I know, right? Do you think he gets noogies from all the other uh, rappers? Yeah, exactly. Like in his his posse or whatever they call themselves. Oh, man. So that's one news story. Uh, <laughs> the fact that Lil Scrappy is on probation from a weed case. Is that it? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say that is it. Well, that's what we get for, sir. Uh, what other news is there? What's this motoring? Motoring through the news because it's not as good as a thought. <laughs> Maybe we could just talk about Night Ranger. Can you? Didn't I think we had this conversation before as well? Because <laughs> I want to talk about you know what's going on. I felt like we 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 gave short trip to our lives last time. Right. So we'll just we'll just we'll we'll motor through the news. Uh, but can one. can you name Night Rangers four big hits? I think I think I can. Okay. Shall I? Yeah. I'm gonna begin with the first breakout hit was "Don't Tell Me You Love Me." Nice. Yep. And then we had Sister Christian, old time has come. Nice, good. And then we went to You Can Still, Rockin' America, oh yes, all right. All right, and the final one? Oof, that's going to be tough. Uh, I need a lifeline. Um, let's see, it has to do with uh, shutting the shutting something on your face. Shutting something on your face? Yeah. Shut your mouth? No. Uh, shut your eyes? When you close your eyes. Bingo. When you close your eyes, do you dream about me? Right? There you go. Yeah, there you go. You win. Most people forget Don't Tell Me You Love Me, interestingly enough. You uh, you went uh, chronologically, and that was well done. Well, I, I love that. I think that's the only Good Night Ranger song. Well, that was off their first Although, album, right? <laughs> Yeah, it was. And I, I although I do like you can still rock in America. I like that one too. And my that that album cover is phenomenal. Uh, if you've ever seen it? the the front and back of that album is is just fan it's a great 80s not really metal trying to be tough uh, street a scene. A study in hair. Yeah. Yeah, and the people around it like the toughs that are around them, it's great. I I recommend they all check it out. Or maybe it's the artwork for this podcast. Ooh, that's where I thought you were going with this. Well, you'll have to tune in and download it. Find out. <laughs> yeah, download this episode to find out what the artwork is. <laughs> Ooh, I'm, I'm liking this show. It's feeling good. It's ro it's motoring. It's motoring. So uh, here's a new story for you. Yeah. From our good friends at Gawker. Not a sponsor. Not yeah. a linker. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it is. It has to do with my old city by the bay. Yeah. And it says, penis is exposed to broad daylight becoming less cool in San Francisco. Oh, how? Okay. The, that begs the question, when was it cool? <laughs> Apparently always. Probably since the summer of love, people have had, you know, less less uh, inhibition about being naked, say. Yeah. Um, San Francisco, known for its uh, free and easy ways. 
Okay. So basically, well, I, let me give you a little backstory. This is in reference to um, what was going on in San Francisco over recent years. There's a lot of people that just would be walking around naked in the Castro district, mostly. And then they have things like the Folsom Street Fair, where that's another excuse for people to inexplicably ditch every article of clothing and maybe just wear a pair of shoes and like a, a black, one of those leather head mask things with a zipper. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of public nudity and it was kind of creating an uproar. And then people, of course, were defending their right to be naked and yada yada. Well, apparently the tide is turning. No reference to friend of the show, Roger Waters. Uh, pivotal album, Radio <laughs> Waves. Wow. That one's for you, listener days. Radio <laughs> Waves. Radio Waves. <laughs> um, so now they're cracking down on this. And the great thing, the way they decided to crack down on it, there was a new law put into effect um, regarding these naked people sitting down in places that are you know, public places. So imagine a naked guy just plopping himself down onto a chair and you know, reading the paper and having his coffee and then getting up and moving along. And then you are expected to sit down on that same chair. Well, yeah, so, who would ever sit down on a seat where a naked man's butt has been sitting? When does that ever happen? Well, that was why what prompted the passing of what was affectionately called the Skidmark Law. <laughs> God. Where you are required to put a, uh, you know, a, a buffer between your butt and the seat. Um, if you choose to sit down naked. So, you know, baby steps in San Francisco, and it appears they're moving towards, uh, you know, becoming a civilized nation. So, wait, at every public bench then, or every public place where someone can sit, do they have those toilet seat covers for people to pull up and sit down on? <laughs> uh, maybe. Or maybe you have it's BYO, you have to bring your own. But then again, you're putting your own ass essentially down onto a seat and then sitting your ass down onto that seat so see when you first mark law when you first read this story i thought it was going to be like like a san francisco hipster thing going man those dudes out in broad daylight with their penises don't they know it's much cooler to do it at night <laughs> yeah it's a nighttime thing <laughs> yeah exactly broad daylight that's so so lame so lame so lame. I, old, old naked dudes. Lame. <laughs> lame. Lame. And it's, it is always old naked dudes too. It's so funny. The funny thing is, is you'll see, like, they show the picture here for the company story and the guy is like fully naked except he has on like those thick kind of hiking socks and hiking boots. And then he has like one of them crocodile Dundee hats on. Oh, uh, right. And then everything else is completely naked. And I'm like, okay. You're hiking. You're, you're protecting yourself from the sun and yet you're completely naked. Yeah, I. There's a guy who walks up and down my street here, uh, who exercises, and he's one of these extremely brown, tanned white guys with sort of, and he's old with the buff body, um, mm -hmm. and he and he he wears absolutely nothing except for like tiny short shorts, and he's just got you know gray hair all over his back and over his body, and it's so unpleasant. But he clearly thinks he's he's. You know, he can do that in broad daylight. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, people take pride in their their bodies, and uh, they want to sh let everybody see. I'm I, I for one prefer a little mystery. Yeah, I've been told, if I can just toot my own horn here, uh, that mm -hmm. 
I look a lot better without clothes on. <laughs> All right. That's kind of not in the in the realm of backhanded compliments. That's not a bad one. Yeah. Well, apparently the clothes that I wear are too baggy and too big. And if ever I'm, uh, yeah, if ever I'm with someone who's fortunate enough to get me naked, they're always like, I had no idea. I'm like, well, that's okay. You Fine should shop me. at a Express for Men, Jason. They they cut their clothes a little bit tighter. Yeah. See, I think that would make me self-conscious, and I think that comes from being raised with two older sisters. If, if ever I tried to do something different, they'd be like, "What are you doing? Don't do that. Don't flip your hair. Don't put a comb in your back pocket." <laughs> uh, that explains so much. Yeah, it does. It explains everything. <laughs> uh, moving on. One more news story, and then we'll get to the second part of the show. All right. So I'm sure this is hitting pretty close to home for you. Okay. The uproar, the the wanton violence, the threats, the hair, the makeup. Have you been paying attention to the Nicki Minaj, Mariah Carey beef on American Idol? I've heard that it's happening, and that's the extent of my knowledge. My knowledge of it. There is beef. Beef. Apparently, Nicki Minaj went on a rant on Tuesday, and uh, I guess Mariah maybe was heard muttering something under her breath, to which Minaj, who's just not a fan and not going to take it anymore, said to Carrie, if I had a gun, I would shoot her. Oh. Yeah. So, I, I, I she didn't say like literally to that statement. Whatever. So, I guess that's how she gets around. Yeah, whatevs. <laughs> Uh, let me but yeah, so big beef. Are you as fascinated with Mariah Carey as I am? And when I say fascinated, do you just think she's like incredibly hot? I'll tell you something. There was a video that she did back in the day. I think it was with Puffy, Sean P. Diddy Combs, whatever he was calling himself back then. Yeah. Where it's kind of like a, one of those huge budget videos where – there's shots of her wearing this impossibly sexy one-piece bathing suit and she's on a like a fast you know speedboat and then she hops up onto a ladder that's dropped from a helicopter and she climbs up the helicopter and sped away and she's so impossibly hot at that time this is going back a number of years let's yeah. say almost 10 years yeah but yes i find her attractive because she's bodacious yeah yeah she's got curves yeah so uh, I guess we're on the same page with that one. Is this not a? Bishaka! No, not a. <laughs> Where are you on this though? This uh, are you uh, Team Minaj or Team Carrie? Uh, I don't really know Nicki Minaj. Is she hot? <laughs> she's um, she's cartoonish. You know, she's very colorful in that she's got a lot of different colored hair and. Makeup and so I, I, for a more demure, understated, uh, you know, classic woman like a Mariah Carey. Yeah, right. Demure, understated. Oh, Mariah also looks good in that video where she's wearing the Daisy Dukes. Yeah, and she looks good in that video search. with the dude from uh, from Thirty Rock. That song. Thirty a, Rock. Thirty Rock. Yeah, it's a, it's a more friend recent of the show. Video. Yeah, well, no, it's a more recent video. It's uh, like he, he's like a. A repairman who comes to her house and she's in sexy clothes and then he fantasizes that they do all sorts of things together. Oh. 
Oh, touch I'm, my I'm body. Going on a, don't start me off now on my YouTube Googling spree. There you go. It's called Touch My Body. Go <laughs> take a look for that video. I'm going to go for it right now. Right don't, now. Need to, don't go right now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's what you told me to do. Well, no, I don't mean right now. Uh, I don't. I don't have a side one way or the other about Nicki Minaj and Mariah Carey because I actually don't. I don't really care about either one of them, and I don't care about American Idol. And I think this is all sort no. of uh, like who cares ish, you know? Yeah, I think American Idol's in, in a lot of trouble right now. I, it, part of this smacks of producers trying to like feed interest out to the public. Yeah, but I don't think there's interest out in the public, to be honest with you. So I, I feel like you're. Remember how. When American Idol was just doing amazing numbers and it was just the talk of the town and you wondered, wow, this will this show ever not be popular? Right. I think we are now in the point where the show is becoming not popular. Yeah, yeah, and I wonder if that's if that's the competition shows going down. I don't know if that's true, though, because I guess the dancing shows and all the rest of them are still on. I don't know. I guess the – I think it's I think it's over. I'm yeah. going to call it – Call it silver. Jason's called it. <laughs> Pull the plug. <laughs> so I just want to read this headline. Don't we have a segment where it's just a headline headline and we, we make up the news? Uh yeah. Here. Let's get back to that. There we go. Alright. Well so this one, um Paul Ryan comes from uh, not a friend of the show as far as I know, Paul Ryan, vice presidential candidate. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, the whole, we talked, discussed the 47% remark by Romney, you know, 47% of Americans. And it turns out that everybody, I, I, I looked into it. He, he was referring indeed to 47% of the country. Okay. Want this welfare state. Well, Paul Ryan has adjusted the numbers to about 30% want a welfare state and 70% want the American dream. Now, here's what I asked you when we were just dissecting this news story. What do you think the American dream is? What do you think they're referring to? Because they keep talking about the American dream, and whenever they, they describe it, it never seems to sync up with my particular American dream. I believe the American dream is to have nothing uh, and give yourself with grit and gumption, throw yourself into a work uh, ethic that then gives you a lot of money so you can buy a home and raise your family and retire with money. I believe that's okay. what they say the American dream is. See, I think in that little sandwich you just uh, built, the middle part, the, the the meat and the cheese part of that statement is what is not part of my American dream, the home ownership and the family. Oh, I thought you were going to say throwing yourself into something and working. Oh, wait, then, and part of the bun, too. <laughs> So I can just have the sandwich open face with nothing on it and just have the retire with a lot of money part, I'd be very happy. Yeah. I find a lot of the people who talk about the American dream uh, started with money in the first place. Absolutely, right? Look who's always, you know, talking about bootstraps. It's always the people with really nice boots. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What do you think the American dream is? Personally? You know, I think that a lot of it has to do with freedom, freedom to pursue your interests. Um, and, you know, I, I would agree that there's that element of being able to create something out of nothing, is, having the freedom to do so. 
You can't get something for nothing. You can't buy freedom for me. I'm really glad you did that because guess who is a, a nominee for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that just came out? Is it all of Rush? All of Rush. Not just Getty. The whole band. Hey. It takes a village to be Rush. Beauty, eh? Um, yeah, I was excited about that. I think they're deserving. Um, but to get back to the American Dream idea, it's always this kind of Rockwellian sort of Midwestern version of somebody's American Dream that keeps getting bandied about and thrown into my face and being the liberal Satanist, atheist, whatever they consider San Franciscans, um, you know, with my skid mark snail-like travels throughout the life, um, you know, it doesn't really sync up. And I feel maybe we're already accounted for. Well, no, I think, you know, the American dream is homogenized, you know, not even homogenized. That's, that's the wrong word, but it's this, this long-term American dream, which is that every American should have the right to arrive in America over a ship and see the Statue of Liberty and arrive through Ellis Island and then come in and live uh, in a little house and s- open a store on Main Street, USA and, uh, you know, sell their wares or cut their hair or, you know, sell their trinkets. And by that, by doing that, live in a community where everybody knows and loves them, like the Andy May of Mayberry kind of thing. And then be able to go to their home and watch their widescreen TVs. Uh, engage in porn- pornography. Engage in pornography, exactly. And watch Mariah Carey sing Touch My Body. And then, you know, retire on a sailboat uh, in Florida. That's the American dream. And the problem with that American dream is that you have to live 150 years <laughs> Or you have to you have to live a little bit in the 1890s and then live a little bit in the in the 40s and then live a little bit in the 50s and then you know you have to do all of that. Yeah, it's true, right? That, that's a good way of looking at it. It's really it requires some, some sort of like decade spanning that is probably physically impossible. You're right. You have to be 150 years old to to live all those versions of the American dream. Right, or you have to like live for a little bit and then stop living for a little while, like, you know, like take a commercial break, yeah. like fast forward through the commercials that are the that's the stock market crash and World War Two and things like that. Or live so hard during those decades they prefer you not living, like the seventies and eighties, that you've completely forgotten them. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Like, really? You did so much coke at at, uh, at Studio Fifty Four that you can't remember doing so much coke at Studio Fifty Four. Then eh, not so bad. Right. Well, I mean, that's the American dream. What the, the, we're so stuck on somebody who was born in 1950, right? The idea that you're between 1950 and 1960, you're in, you're, you're an adolescent. So you're watching Davy Crockett. You're watching Disneyland get built. You're uh, you're getting all of that great kid stuff that happens in the 50s. Howdy Doody, the start of television. And then in the '60s, you grow up and you're a teenager, and the Beatles show up right as you're 13 years old, so it's perfect. So then you grow up with the Beatles and start doing drugs and having your penis out in broad daylight and having free uh-huh. sex and whatnot. And then you grow up into in your in the '30s, in your '30s and the '70s, so you can start 
hanging out and dancing and doing coke and uh, doing all that kind of stuff in the 70s and disco dancing. So by the time the 80s show up and you're in your 40s, you can go, well, that was my crazy youth. Now I'm going to start making a million in the stock market. So in your 40s, you make all your money. And then in the, you, you know, in the 90s, <laughs> that, that's, that's the American dream, I yeah, guess. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. I like that one. Did you yeah. like Jason's version of the American dream? Hit me up at Twitter, at Bob Duvet. <laughs> well, that can't happen anymore. That can only happen to us, the baby boomers, you know? The yeah. fucking baby boomers who keep making Forrest Gump over and over again. Yeah, so now you're born in the 90s, and uh, you grow up uh, listening to the Backstreet Boys, and then you text your way through your 20s, and then you find out that uh, you went to college and there's no job for you, so you yep. spend your 30s being a... You know, a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, in your, your 40s, uh, eventually you turn to uh, alcohol and drugs to numb the pain. And, and then uh, your 50s is spent, uh, you know, reaping the rewards of that. And then your 60s, uh, there's no health care for you. That's the American dream. There we go. All right, we've done it! There you go. God bless you, Rob, and God bless the United States of America. <laughs> Uh, so uh, maybe talk about a show or two. Oh, that's something I want to phrase out later too. Okay, well, teaser. Uh, have you start? Have you been watching shows? Did you watch last night's episode of Survivor? I did, and I also watched the inaugural episode of the um, what's the one? The other one we talked about, Amazing Race. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm not watching the Amazing Race. Uh, what it, what happened Ooh. to the Amazing Race? Nah, people run around and. Uh, accomplish tasks and uh, finish the order and then something Okay. Yeah, that's why I'm no longer watching The Amazing Race. And I kind of feel like no longer watching Survivor. Yeah, good. Let's, let's, you know what? I was thinking about this as watching Survivor last night. For a change, let's just step up our dissection of Survivor beyond the pedestrian and into the realm of the uh, study. Here you die. Okay. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Me. Uh, I. Uh, I'm. I, I'm. I see through Survivor. I see through Survivor now. I knew who was going to get voted out. I knew it was going to be the blonde chick because they just kept showing her uh, during mm-hmm. the entire challenge. It was all about her. Um, the. I knew they were going to find the immunity. I just don't care. Immunity idols and necklaces. And that Brazilian girl yeah. drives me crazy. I hate her. Absolutely crazy, right? I mean, she's she's legitimately crazy. Like, yeah. in real life, I bet you she's a nightmare. She's kind of hot, you know. She's got a bit of a bombastic bottom going on. But she is not worth the trouble. No, she's real. She's a real problem. And there, then the other thing that happened last night is it always happens around the third episode of Survivors. They started showing people that I've never seen before. <laughs> like who? Where you're like, who's this dude? Yeah. Well, there was a – I eventually remembered, but there was a scene where baseball player guy was uh, talking to two people on his tribe about mm-hmm. thinking that Penner found the immunity idol. And I was like, who are these people? Like I eventually remembered <laughs> the one girl that she was the one who recognized him, but there was like a skinny blonde guy that I've never seen in my life. Oh, yeah. Who is that guy? And there's also from the other tribe, that guy, I think his name is Patrick, who 
uh, kind of took uh, Lisa Wenchel aside and said, hey, you know, you're next to be voted out, but let's you and I do a little, you know, uh, what's it called? Aligning. Yeah. And I was like, who's this dude? Where did yeah. he come from? Are they, are they flying in fresh recruits? <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't know who he was either. The entire show so far has just been about Russell's tribe, and uh, that's about it to me. I mean, I don't care. I yeah. just don't care. It's so predictable. Like, there's nothing. I mean, I I and I thought the challenge was pretty interesting. I guess what I the, the thing about Survivor for me is I watch it at eleven o'clock at night when I'm trying to fall asleep, so it's okay. But then mm-hmm. I think about it later, and I'm like, ugh, why did I spend my time watching that? Yeah, I, maybe all of these shows are becoming a little bit just kind of played out. The the newness is gone. Um, the people that they've cast aren't necessarily interesting. I mean, I find it fascinating to watch a guy like Jeff Kent, who I watched play baseball for so many years, be on this show and in a different realm and kind of know him more as a person. Um, but beyond, if he wasn't on the show, I can't really speak to anybody that I find really engaging. Even though that, that Casey woman is, is quite uh, Carrie-esque, and I don't mean John Carrie. <laughs> Who's the Casey woman? You know, the one that's uh, wearing the, the, the leopard pattern bra. Oh, Arcee. Oh, it's Arcee. Yeah, she's Arcee. the one that the, after the very first episode you asked me who I was watching, she's the one I said I was watching. Yes, I continue to watch. Riveted. Yeah. She's hot. And she seems normal. Yeah. And she's an investment banker. That's a good catch, Jace. We should get her on the show. Let's get her on the show! Reba! <laughs> no, we were like 40 minutes in and I got my first Reba out. Nice. Finally. Jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I agree with you. I, I don't know if they have a few tricks up their sleeve with regards to a merge or some future sort of tampering that they're going to do to kind of reinvigorate it. But right now it just seems like, you know, one tribe is being decimated. You got a couple of tribes that aren't really suffering that much because they keep kind of winning and getting some kind of reward. Yeah. And all the usual suspects, the ones you would expect to be doing well are doing well and they haven't had to eat their own yet. So there's not that kind of bit of intrigue. So it really is just kind of, you know, lazy strolling through another season. Jeff doesn't even seem particularly engaged. No. Well, the thing about it is, I think I've mentioned this before. Maybe we've talked about everything there is to talk about. But I used to watch uh, Family Feud and Match Game. You know, they show mm-hmm. reruns of Family Feud and Match Game. I mean, I used to watch them when they were on originally, but uh, the Game Show Network used to show reruns, and I would TiVo them, and I'd watch them during dinner or when I was going to bed at night kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the thing about, I mean, those are game shows, and they're half an hour long. So I could watch an episode of Family Feud in half an hour, and it would just be an okay episode of Family Feud. But then the next night, it could be an okay episode. But then eventually you see one that's actually good. Like, it's funny. They have good questions. I want to play along. Somebody does fast money at the end, and they squeeze in right at the end and win. And it's exciting. It's like, wow, that was a great episode of Family Feud. But you got to sit through you know, maybe 10 or 15 of them before you see a good episode of good game, you know? So, but Survivor is like a whole season. It's not like just half an hour. We got to sit through a whole season. And and if it's not a good game, 
then I'm not going to be into it. It's like any game, a football game. If you start watching mm-hmm. it at the beginning and the first, one team gets a couple of, of goals, you're like, eh, but it's only you know a three-hour game. This is what's happening with Survivor. It's like, uh, a whole season of this. I already know what's going to happen. I, uh, do I want to invest all these months into something where I can kind of tell what's happening just to see a couple of good plays? Absolutely. That's what it boils down to. And you can only hope that uh, you know, it gets more interesting, or you can, you know, what the other thing you can do is you can just not watch it. Yeah, yeah. they're not a sponsor. No, not at all. I mean, wh- but how are we going to get Arcee on the show if we don't watch her? We're watching the show, Reba. Get <laughs> on the show. We're big fans. Big, big fans. <laughs> big fans of Arcee. Oh God, that would be. Could you imagine if we had Arcee and Christina Cha, and well, who's the other survivor we had? Uh, the other Christina, Christina from yeah. Redemption Island. My God, that's a whole whole lot of Rosie on one show, one podcast. I know, jeez. Christina Cha uh, keep, kept asking for to be back on the show, and I eventually oh, told really? her that uh, we'd have to figure something out, and then she just stopped emailing. It's funny, it's oh, funny really? that she kept trying to get back on the show. That's funny. Well, hey, you know what? <laughs> we are a very very elite show here. <laughs> it's hard to get in. It's hard to get in the door here. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had her on, you know, and she's she's doing well. If you really want to listen to Christina Chaw, she hosts the After Buzz TV Survivor Wrap Up Show, so you can get your Christina okay, Chaw well, fix there. You know. Yeah, a little shout out for Christina. Yeah, there you maybe go. we'll get her on. You know, if we continue to watch the show and it gets closer to the end, we'll, we'll have her on for expert analysis. Okay. As opposed to indifferent analysis, which you get from us. <laughs> right. We'll steal ourselves for that. So what else are you watching if not any of these uh, traditional shows that we follow? Uh, non-traditionalists? I've started watching some new shows of the fall season, um, and I'm catching up on other shows that I watched. I watched uh, Dexter and Homeland started their seasons again. So I'm Okay. I don't watch them. either. Uh, you should really watch Dexter, but you should watch from the beginning. It's really mm. good. I, you have the Netflix, right? We do, absolutely. Cue up, cue up, Dexter. Dexter is a darn good show. At least it was a really, it was a darn good show for the first four seasons, and then it kind of faltered, and now it's getting good again. But it's, it was really okay. good for the first four seasons. Um, and Homeland, I'm watching because my friend Maury is on it, and I'm actually sort of enjoying it. Of the new fall season shows, uh, the one that I liked the most is called Elementary. Ah, uh, uh, really? The one about the Sherlock Holmes with Lucy Liu? Yeah, the Sherlock Holmes with Lucy Liu. Hey, I like Lucy Liu. What can I say? I, I like Lucy she's, Liu. She's a very beautiful woman. And she's from Long Island. Holla! Yeah, she's a very beautiful woman, but she's also a good actress. She's funny, and she's, she, she, in the pilot episode, she had very few lines, but she did really well in conveying her character. Uh, and I just like Sherlock Holmes. I'm a, I'm a Holmes fan. It's not, it's not half as good as the Benedict Cumberbatch BBC series Sherlock, which is phenomenal. Um, that's like the, that's really great, but it's it's good enough. Uh, oh, and I've been watching season three of Downton Abbey as well, but don't tell anybody um, that I'm able to see it before anybody else. Um, Ooh, connections. Yep, yep. It's airing in the Britons right now. It doesn't air here in America until January, but I've got the inside track. Um, yes. 
Yes. Membership has its privileges, listeners. Right. So I've been watching Elementary. I tried watching Revolution. I've got two episodes of Revolution under my belt, and it's I'm probably going to give up on that. The new J.J. Abrams okay. post-apocalyptic show. And then I started watching some of the um, some of the sitcoms. I, I stocked up on uh, three sitcoms, which are Animal Practice, which is oh yes. Yeah, the it's guy. good because I want it to be good because I like the guy from Weeds. That's uh, the main character guy. Yeah, that's the reason I'm watching it because he's good. It's a little too scattered and it's a little too formulaic. But the first episode was funny enough, and the second episode was just okay. Um, okay. We'll see. It's a little quirky. It's a little. It's a little fun, and he's he's definitely worth seeing because he's funny. Um, I started watching uh, Mindy Kaling's show. Um, ah, is that good? I like her. She's a good writer. Yeah, it's good. It's not great. I don't laugh as much as I want to laugh in it, but uh, it's entertaining enough for me to stick it out. Uh, but the one that I'm really enjoying, actually, uh, is a show called Ben and Kate, which is um, another ben sitcom. Kate. Yeah. Okay, I don't know Ben and Kate at all. It's really funny. At least the it's only been on twice. I didn't watch last night's episode yet, but the pilot episode was really funny and really good and really engaging. Um, hmm. It's, uh, I'll look for that one. Yeah, she is a single mom... And uh, her brother is named Ben, and he's just sort of wacky and shows up, and is and it's funny. They've got a great relationship with each other, and he's funny, and they're both funny. It's a good show. If you can download the pilot on demand or see it online somewhere, it's it's worth worth seeing. So, I I really want to stop beginning things with so, so I'm going to begin again. Okay. The first episode of this season's The Office had yes. me belly laughing. I thought it was wonderful. A great return to form. Unhinged show in my opinion. Did yeah. you see it? Did you I watch did. The Office? I do. I do and I did and I don't remember what happened in the first episode. What was the first episode? Because a lot was happening. It was just kind of crazy. There is... I love the addition of that British woman they have who's, I guess, running The Office now. She's the new Michael. Right. Or She isn't anymore actually. The he, She's doing something else. But, yeah, she yeah. has some other title. Right. Uh, but her and Dwight had a storyline going where uh, he refused to donate to whatever charity. She was trying to start a charity donation drive. Oh, and right. he said because he was a, a member of the Taliban or something. So there's that thing. But then they introduced these two new characters that are kind of like Dwight Jr. and Jim Jr. Right. Yes, I remember. Which they didn't give a lot of attention to, but I see the potential for those guys kind of taking over. Because quite honestly, Jim, since he's become a dad and he's gotten kind of boring. Yeah. And I didn't even notice the the, the lack of uh, Mindy Kaling on the show. Yeah, she's not there anymore. And uh, I don't think no. B, BJ Novak isn't there anymore either. No, I don't think he is either. Um, so there was some change, but it wasn't like, oh, wow, I didn't feel like I was missing anything. I just was enjoying the cast that, at hand and what they were throwing at me and thought it was great. Oh, Pam did this little funny thing about this chore wheel because I guess the office had been neglected. They fired their janitors or whatever, so she wanted to get people in the office to clean up. And then she had this mini wheel of fortune that I thought was really funny. Yes, yeah, I do remember that. But yeah, that was good. I yeah. did, I did. Like, well, you know, the uh, the guy, Greg Daniels, the guy who uh, created the show for uh, uh, United States Television, he's the showrunner now. He's back. He, he was gone oh. for uh, several seasons, and now he's back running the show. Okay. You know, the other thing that I character that I really was mourning the loss of and was wondering if I was going to 
be totally bummed was I love the character of Robert California. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a star turn, in my opinion, for uh, – uh, I'm blanking on it. Spader. So Christian Spader. James Spader. Yeah. Yeah, and do you know who – uh, do you know who Creed is in real life? He's just Creed, right? He's just a dude. Yeah, but do you know what, what his claim to fame was before he got on The Office? I do not know. Creed is the lead singer for The Grassroots. The band The Grassroots? Yeah. Whose big hit is... No idea. One, two, three, four, sha la 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 live for today. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. It's a perfect segue into what I want to phrase out, too. Oh, well, let's move to that because i got to start wrapping this up. All right. Let me get my notes. Oh, all right. What I want to phrase out are the countdowns that they do on all of these reality TV shows that I've been watching lately, or countdowns in general. Um, Even here's a what I mean. countdown to love? Yes, especially that. Maybe, yeah. a, okay, we'll make exceptions. Countdown exceptions would be uh, New Year's. Okay. And that's it. That's all I can think of right now. But I want to phrase out this countdown, okay. where they have a bunch of people with their back turned to a house or a building that's been renovated or you know, redone and the guy says, okay, on my, you know, go or whatever, you turn around. One, two, three, turn around. And the reason why that annoys me so much, I feel that's so stupid because if you had everybody facing you right, why can't you just look at them all and say, okay, turn around? Because uh, that's not suspenseful. Do they need the countdown? Would be, oh, turn I don't know how to turn around. I need a countdown to turn around. What if they sang happy birthday and then when they got to the end they turned around? Like blowing out a candle. Would that be Anything. better? Anything but one, two, three, <laughs> turn around. That, I see it too in other areas when people are taking pictures. It's like one, two, three. Uh-oh, hold on. There may be a mailman coming to my door or I just let in a mass murderer. <laughs> okay, great. Where do you fall on the countdown? Yeah, I'm into uh, to not counting down. Sure, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Because the the I see that a lot with people standing out in the middle of the street taking pictures of the Hollywood signs who are counting. And I think I mentioned that to you before that uh, that's the thing that I, I hear most when people take pictures. Not say cheese, but it's always one, two, three, and then they take the picture. Yes, you did mention. I knew that this did not come out of. Uh... A vacuum. This has been touched upon before. Yeah, I, I see it on all. I watch the show Bar Rescue, mm -hmm. and there's all some other home improvement show where that's what they always do. They have everybody lined up, and he's like, "Okay, one, two, three, turn around." And I, I just always wonder why can't he just be like, "Turn around, there it is." And if you're a little bit slow and late on the draw, you see it a second later than everybody else. But it isn't going to be a big deal, I don't think, in the big scheme of things. I count down when I'm taking a picture, but I always push down the plunger in between one and two. So I go one, and I take the picture. And that, the, reason I, the reason I do that is because when people hear one, they start to smile. And then by the time you get to three, the smile is stale and the eyes are bugged out. So yes, it's frozen. It, yeah, so it always, there's, you can tell when you see pictures, the people that are smiling genuinely or the like posed for a picture smile. So I'm great. 
How about you, listener? Do you think Jason's great? Write to us at whatduvaysaid at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter. And your emails mean so much. Yes, and your emails mean so much. Yes, got to get All right, so that was it. That was my phrased out. Not, you know, the monumental phrasing out, but just something to think about, dear listener. Yeah, well, I'm going to think on that. I'm going to give that a good think. So let's talk. Let's uh, start with you. What uh, what's what's coming down the? Is it the pike or the pipe? Uh, the pike, I believe. I will go with that. So what's uh, <laughs> what's going on? Well, this coming weekend has freed up considerably for me. I did have a lot of things going on. Um, my evening tonight was canceled, so that happened. Uh, okay. And I'm uh, I was somebody going... canceled Thursday night. Yes. <laughs> Thursday night has been canceled. You go right to Friday morning? Yeah, I do. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. Uh, I have an audition this afternoon that I'm not looking forward to. I'm, I, I'm sick of auditions. I might just yank myself out of all auditioning, at least on-camera really? auditions. I might just be done and over with all of it. I hate it. I have to go out for some Thanksgiving movie. I think it's called the Thanksgiving movie, I think. Is it you hate it because it requires all the travel or is it just the whole process or do you feel like they bring you in for things that you don't even shouldn't even have to audition for uh yes <laughs> all of those all things. Of this. <laughs> the, i'm gonna encourage you to go on this one though because i have a good feeling about this well i i, I will go on it but i i hate the fact that it's out on sepulveda and montana at four o'clock in the afternoon i think that's mm. terrible like the west side the Sounds a lot like Santa Monica. Well, it's not quite as far as Santa Monica, fortunately. It's it's not beyond the 405, but still, it means I have to at four four thirty or so when I'm done, I got to turn around and drive back to Hollywood. So I don't know when I'm going to be editing this podcast. Well, um, let me ask you this: Yeah, what if? So, do you have to get back to perform any major task, as in pick somebody up or? Well, are you back. recommending that I stay out on the west side until traffic eases up around 7 uh, o'clock at that's night? That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying we have a listener, Dave, that's out there. And I'm saying, what if you just were to, uh, you know, hunker down with him and have a, you know, a, a cup of coffee? Well, because I'd have to go out to Santa Monica then. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be uh, on yes. Sepulveda, which is like the dividing line between the east side and the west side so i could either drive out to santa monica which will take me half an hour or i can drive back home which will take me 45 minutes to an hour well sepulveda seems very much west to be a dividing line between east and west i always pictured it being more la brea nah well i don't know i just don't want to drive out there i don't want to do this audition i don't want to do the lines it's it's mm. a, a poorly drawn character. It's a character that's uh -huh. that's sitting on a stand being questioned by the attorney. Um, it's uh -huh. fully like the like that Brady Bunch episode where the guy's pretending to have a neck problem, but he doesn't really have a neck problem. So she. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I don't have many things to say, and she like says, "Well, what about this picture? I see you have jogging." Oh, like oh, God, uh -huh. got to be in a suit. Uh -huh. Maybe you uh, maybe draw the character yourself. Fill in the blanks. Yeah, not that Give I don't love. <laughs> not that I don't love all the work that my agent and my manager does for me, and that I, I realize that they work hard. And I thank you, Kelly, for getting me this audition, and I appreciate it. But I, ugh, I just, ugh. if it were something yes. other than this, I'd be excited. And I'm, or maybe even not. I don't know. So anyway, I'm doing that, and then. Uh, <laughs> I uh, was supposed to be in a uh, short presentation for some producers for a theater uh, 
uh, for a project that's happening in November, but it turns out that mm-hmm. that night conflicts with the theater company's big opening season night gala, so that can't mm-hmm. happen. So I don't have to do mm-hmm. that. Uh, so what, th- those are the things I'm not doing. Oh, I guess I'm doing the audition. And then there's a, a gig for the band I play with. The Kindy ah, band yes. Band. Yes. At the Eagle Rock Music Festival this uh, Saturday at 3.30, we'll be at the kids' stage there. So any of you uh, within the sound of my voice in the Los Angeles area, come on out to the Eagle Rock Music Festival and come see the band play, 3.30. Now, I know you're not going to do this, but I will say that if you were to do this, if you were to hang out at the Eagle Rock Festival uh, until 10 o'clock at night, there's a great band called the Henry Clay People that are playing, um, and I recommend them. Very good. From L.A. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I figured as much. All right, all right. Well, that sounds like your, your weekend got less hectic. Maybe you can get more Jace time in there. Yeah, it's it's less hectic. It's less crazy. It's less hectic. It's less wild. <laughs> uh, that's nice. All right. All right. All right, Rob. What's going on with you? Thank you. First of all, I want to tell you my day yesterday really quickly, and then you – I'm curious. My wife characterized it in a certain way. And uh, I'm curious if you will either agree or surmise the same thing. Okay. Maybe we can call it agree or surmise. Okay. All right. So yesterday, I've been working hard, got the new job, getting adjusted to the new schedule. I'm a a bartender now again, and uh, my schedule goes late. So I, I get home at 4, sometimes 5 in the morning, sleep a little bit until about, you know, 10 or 11, and yesterday I wanted to do something. I feel like I've been working pretty hard and I wanted to go out and just kind of have a me day. So there's a uh, art exhibit that was going on at the Gagosian Gallery in Chelsea. Mm. It was free. And I read this scathing review of it in one of the magazines out here. And it made me, you know me, when I read something that's like, this is terrible, I have to see it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I was instantly intrigued. So I'm like, okay, I definitely want to go see that. And uh, I need to eat something, so I'll get a bite to eat. And I have no problem just grabbing, uh, you know, copy the Village Voice and sitting by myself and having a meal. I prefer it sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I kind of did a quick search: what's around Chelsea, places to eat at? And I found this place called Double Shout Out High Point Bar and Bistro. Woo. Thanks to, thanks to uh, Dave, the manager. So anyway, I, I go there and sit at the bar, and there's. The manager guy who's very nice and sat me, standing me on the bar, and then this woman in her early fifties who was also eating, and the, this, they they were talking and they discussed the debate. So I kind of weighed in, on, you know, a little bit, like, oh, I heard you're talking about that, Bob. And then the three of us found a very nice discussion about a variety of topics. So it was really lovely. I sat down with my, you know, glass of rosé and a, uh, a really yummy crab cake sort of thing mixed in with potatoes and some cheese melted on top. Like okay, okay, too much detail. Melt. Too much detail, come anyway, on. Anyway, so we had, the three of us had a very, I was there for an hour, like just sitting, shooting the shit with uh, the, the, the people there and it was great. So then I left and I went to the, the exhibit which was uh, Richard Phillips, this is this artist and he chose to focus on Lindsay Lohan, friend of the show and Sasha Gray. You know who Sasha Gray is? Uh, Yes. She's a porn star, but she's kind of like a crossover because she's been acting in a few things now. She was on Entourage, I think, uh, uh, whatever. Adrian Guinier's character was dating her for a while. Mm, yeah. Before then, you mentioned. I must have just anyway, heard the name somewhere. This artist takes uh, photographs and then 
uses the photographs and then paints over them very detailed. So they end up looking kind of like those 80s pictures of chicks with big lips and stuff. You know the ones I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, I figured you would. So pictures like that, and then there's these two films that feature like a forlorn Lindsay Lohan on the beach with lots of side boobs staring at the ocean, and then it'll cut to her holding a surfboard, and she's watching, I guess, herself surf out on the ocean, and then there's a cut to paparazzi on the beach filming her, and then there's a lot of shots of her looking kind of like big-lipped and distracted and in a white dress going through a dark forest, and it's just so fucking indulgent. And so annoying. Lindsay Lohan really is annoying to me now because it's like this, oh, I'm so persecuted sort of thing that she tries to portray. Yeah. So there was a lot of that. It looked like really what it looked like a a kind of Virginia Woolf inspired because she eventually she walks into the dark ocean at night, you know, in her white dress. Okay. So it felt like this uh, really bad uh, fragrance commercial. <laughs> okay, so so there was there was that. So I took that in and was like, you know, annoyed. I would hope to be, and then I <laughs> left and went to a few other galleries and checked out some artists and whatever. And then I kind of peckered my way through. They have the High Line, which is this beautiful kind of park they built down in that area. So I walked along that and took off some pictures and posted them on Instagram. And then on my way back to the subway, there was a sign that said, "They're back." Yum, pumpkin spice cupcakes. And I didn't even know, I'm new to the, you know, the area, and I didn't know that they were ever gone, so I'm like, I want a cupcake. A cupcake sounds good. I never eat cupcakes. Well, so, you know what they say, the words of the prophets are written on the subway walls. They do say that. Nice. Shout out to Rush. So, walking Rush. down this... That's Rush. The words of the prophets were written on the studio walls. <laughs> okay. They are shouting uh, out Simon and Garfunkel, by the way, when they when they do that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> you learn something on this show. Okay. It's a pretty pretty so popular song. My... Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I missed it, man. I missed it. <laughs> so to get back to my cupcake story, so I walk down these stairs and I go into what looks to be like a little cupcake sort of a sweatshop. You know, a bunch of like kind of hipsters decorating like very expensive cupcakes. Yeah. And. I walk in, I'm like, your sign worked, you know, all cheery, I'm having a great day. And they all look at me like, I'm speaking Swahili, you know, like three heads. And I'm like, then I like deflated, I'm like, the sign outside saying you have pumpkin cupcakes. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. do you want one? I'm like, yeah, well, that's what the sign's for, right? I'm a customer. You know, if I can distract you from your iPad and your, you know, uh, stenciling of your cupcakes. So I got one. It was actually quite lovely. Three fifty for a cupcake. Was this at Crumbs Bake Shop or was it at some other? No, bake... it was just a uh, like a little, you know, a one-off out there. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's a pop-up. Maybe it'll be gone tomorrow. And anyway, I had my cupcake. So I got home and I relay all this information that I just relayed to you, Jason, and dear listener, to my wife, and she looks at me. My wife is not at all. I want to preface this: homophobic in the least. Just you know several count several gay people as her friend but she looked at me she's like going, oh my god what a gay day you had <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah if you'd popped into express for men you could <laughs> right exactly if i just topped it off a little shopping <laughs> 
Well, congratulations. I, I looked at it in retrospect, and I was like, oh, well, I guess one could maybe uh, make that assumption. Yeah. Well, you can't go out to the ball game anymore, so. <laughs> oh, Lord. So, anyway, tonight, going to see friends of the show, the Soft Pack, play a head, big headlining gig at the Bowery Ballroom. Very excited for that. Going to see friend of the show, uh, listener Doug, too, who's out here in New York. Yeah. From L.A. Yep. Going to meet him. I have a meeting with another good friend of mine that relocated from San Francisco is having a little advertising happy hour, so that means free drinks, and I love free drinks, so going to go do that, see Doug, uh, go to the show, and then this weekend I'm going to be hustling, hustling the dollar, because I'm working. Do the hustle. So, so anybody, within the sound of my voice in New York City, if you happen to find yourself uh, on Friday between 1 and 9, or Saturday between 10.30 at night and 6 in the moan, I will be at Fontana slinging the good drink, doing the pickleback shot. Um, yes. Do you know about these pickleback shots, by the way? No. Are there anything like those big pickles that I can get at amusement parks or county fairs? No, but th this is a real serious troubling uh, trend in drinking. They're called pickleback shots, and what they are is a shot of Jameson, Irish whiskey, Ooh. chased with a shot of pickle juice. Oh, my God. Isn't that stupid? For somebody like myself who actually enjoys the taste of whiskey, I am lost on – and the faces people make when they drink the pickle juice are priceless. I'm like going, so of the two, wouldn't the whiskey be better? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why not do a pickle shot followed by Jameson? Jameson, exactly. And then they invariably spill pickle juice all over the bar, so everything starts to smell like freaking pickles. So The last time I ever had Jameson, which was over 10 years ago, um, I was with you. We were up in San Francisco. I don't remember what we uh -huh. were doing, but we we were at like our fourth bar that night, and it was like you know one thirty in the morning or whatever, and we were all sitting at the bar, and I was sitting right next to you, and we all ordered shots of Jameson. And you had uh -huh. your huge Rob grin on your face. Um, and uh, we all shot Jameson. And then I sat and I leaned forward and I barfed. I did that thing where I barfed up <laughs> into my mouth and then I swallowed it. Right? Oh, no. And then without, like, missing a beat and without, like, losing your smile, you just, like, turned to me and went, that's gross, man. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if you had a shot of pickle juice, that might have made everything go down that much better. Yeah, God, boy. Yeah, I don't drink anymore. Oh, man. <laughs> you know what my thing is when I do the, the, the shot of whiskey with, with the kids now? No. They drink it. They all make the faces, you know, the pursed face and stuff like that. And I look at them like, oh, it tastes like mother's milk. <laughs> well, good. How about your mother? <laughs> a little gross. All right, well, I've had enough of this. i got to go. Hey, Rob, thanks for joining us this week on the What Do They Said podcast. Hey, my pleasure. <laughs> Thank you, listener, for tuning in. Uh, and uh, get your uh, dancing out to us, whatdubaysaid at gmail.com, because you guys mean so much. Lots to do to be get a it, to be a duvet. And we will look forward to receiving them and talking to you all next time. Can you tell me what do they said? Did you hear what did they say? Can you hear? What did they say? Audible hopes you have enjoyed this program. And the signs said the words of the prophets are written on the subway walls. The tenement halls. The whispers of the signs.
silent. <laughs> <laughs> In turn four, stop looking at me. <laughs> <laughs>